This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Microsoft Teams is helping a bicycle company reinvent the way that they work. We make bicycles for everyday riders. Once the pandemic hit, we started doing virtual visits. All of a sudden, we could open up our showroom to customers around the world. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash Teams. Welcome to the East Coast Offense Podcast. This is Chris Liss, your host. And as usual, I'm joined by my co-host, Yahoo Sports, Dalton Del Don. What's going on, Dalton? What do you think? What do you think is going on? Uh, I think you're happy that the Warriors are almost certainly going to win. They very well might sweep. You're going to win money from Barron's, $1,000 from that moron who made that bet. You aren't going to win the LeBron bet against me. What else? I don't know. Yeah, no, it's pretty much Warriors uh, all day and all night for me. How could Barron's so make I, that bet? I mean, Barron's, geez, what was he thinking? I don't know. I don't know what he was thinking. Um, yeah, I also got 7-1 on the sweep. I... Um, but let's let's not talk about me winning money because I made an impulse buy and I went to game two because after watching game one, I'm like, man, they're, they're, this actually could be a sweep and there won't even be an option for a game five. So I, I made an impulse buy. No one else, uh, I have a big Warriors fan who was out of the country. A couple other people were unwilling to spend the amount of money. So I, you know, I, I drove to a BART station and, and went to game two by myself and it was pretty sick. And it How was much? Worth it. it was $1,300 for the ticket. Oh, that's no big deal. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's, it's not inconsequential. A real with, man would have uh, ponied up for yeah. better seats. Yeah, with, with two two children and who knows with Yahoo getting sold to Verizon. I mean, it, it, it probably wasn't the smart spot. I'll tell you who wants to sweep more than me is my wife. She might be the only person who wants to sweep more than me, so I don't even have the uh, option of going to a game five. So anyway, last night was pretty sick. A couple stats. Uh, you know, I don't know if you watched it, but they went on an 11-0 run in the last three minutes. Um, they're 31 and one over the last 32 games, and that one loss I happened to be there it was against the Jazz, and they just sat everyone in the second half. This is the craziest stat of the of the week, though. LeBron last night was plus seven in 46 minutes, and the Cavs lost by five in without an overtime game. Maybe he should have been the MVP this year. Yeah, like like Jeff Van Gundy voted for him the first time they faced each other, and like he said, if he's never going to win, if he didn't win, then. Basically, uh, it's it's just an award given to the team that wins, pretty much. If that was going to happen, but um, anyway, so I love Dre, I absolutely love him. He knows more about basketball than I do. But can we please go circle back to the Kevin Durant argument we had last week? Right. Well, he, here's the thing: I didn't watch the games, but it kind of sounds like the Warriors were already kind of a dynasty and broke the record for wins in a single season. And really, if Draymond doesn't get suspended, probably win back-to-back titles. And they added a top five NBA player. And the obvious take was, this is stupid. Like, this, this is over. They're going to be the greatest team of all time. And it's weird when the obvious take is actually true. <laughs> like, that's kind right, of what seems right. to be going on. 
Yeah, no, he's he's been amazing. Arguably outplayed LeBron the first two games, uh, but obviously LeBron's been awesome himself. But no, Durant hit a ridiculous three uh, with with LeBron in his face uh, deep with 50 seconds left down two last night. But he's just played really good defense, and uh, the difference between him and Harrison Barnes has just been just ridiculous. Uh, he's our, our, I mean, there's even there are hot takes on the internet right now saying he's the best player in the world. But whatever, top three, top five, whatever. Um, I just, I don't know. I, Dre actually responded to me on Twitter, um, and and uh, again, he knows more about basketball than me. But man, Durant fits pretty well, and he's just been freaking ridiculous in the finals. Yeah, it's, but I mean, it is kind of bullshit, right? I mean, this was already a dynasty that would have won back-to-back titles probably if Draymond doesn't get suspended, and they add a top five NBA player. Like, the fuck is that? It's bullshit. Right. It's not like a baseball team adding a great hitter, too. You know, <laughs> a basketball player impacts it so much more, too. So it's, uh, yeah. It would be, no, like, it would be like if the Astros at the trade deadline picked up Kershaw and Scherzer. You know, it would be like, okay. Um, and then they win the World Series. You're like, all right, whatever. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, it's even crazier than that. Because I actually think that this Golden State team would be a bigger favorite. And you were smart to make that bet against the field. It was the correct bet. Yeah, so uh, I don't know if you saw this, but Vegas came out and they said that they would place this Warriors team. I mean, hypotheticals are dumb in, in nature, but they they placed them as eight and a half point favorites over the ninety five ninety six Bulls. Well, I mean, you know, you you got to adjust for era, right? I mean, you can't just sure. it'd be like, well, what about the nineteen twenty seven Yankees against you know whatever? It's like, yeah, the nineteen twenty seven Yankees were eating hot dogs and drinking beer after the game, right? It's like it's not really. You can't compare we're not them. Going, to we're not quite team. that far back, but I, hear, I get your point. It's 20 yeah. years ago. It's more than 20 years ago. Yeah, no, evolution and, and just the fact of all the three points. I mean, totally, totally understand. I mean, it's yes. not right. I mean, physically, like the Bulls could match up. You know, I mean, Jordan would still be a monster and Pippen and all those guys, but it, it, it you know, the rules are different too. I mean, Jordan would be r- ridiculously unstoppable with the new rules too. So right. I would. Eight and a half seems a little steep, but maybe. Yeah, interesting. Uh, no, I hear you, and I, and I get that it's cheapened, I guess, by Durant signing, but well, I, I argued this last week on Sirius. I don't think it was on the pod, so I'll just repeat it real quickly. But the Warriors, it would have been a joke if they were a destination, if you thought of that five years ago. But they they you know, they know drafted uh, Curry 7th. They drafted Klay Thompson 11th. They drafted Draymond Green in the second round. I mean, there's never a useful player draft in the second round other than, like, Gilbert Arena. I mean, Warriors are apparently the best second-round drafters ever. Um, and just the thought of them being a destination would have been absurd uh, as recent as four years ago. Yeah, and, but, that's, but it is the Bay Area. And it's, not like, it's not like they were a shitty team in Milwaukee or Cleveland or something like that. I mean, as soon no, as they got yeah. good, it's a, it's a desirable place to be. No offense sure, to Cleveland and Milwaukee. Dalton's usually the one that shits on cities. I'm just, you know, I'm just keeping it real. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, the, the arena is old, but I, I hear what you're saying. And um, they they lucked out with Curry and his ankle problems. He's by far the biggest bargain uh, on a contract in, in all of sports, maybe ever, what he's produced based on his peers as far as contract-wise. And it's just a kind of a confluence of events that will never happen again. And as I said on Sirius XM, I, I, you know, I took the Niners' run for granted, and I'm not doing it again because it can just go away with your local teams just like that. I mean, my San Francisco Giants, terrible this year. It can just it can just suddenly poof and, and, and go away, and they're going to deal with some crazy contract situations upcoming, this Warriors team. But that's why I made a point of seeing them live game two, and I get why you want to 
shit on them and oh it's not as as cool but dude i mean could you i mean they, they might go 16 they're one win away from going 16 and 0 in the playoffs and that's pretty sick right and it's not like they were an east an eastern conference team played a bunch of right. scrubs i mean they did get lucky that Kawhi got hurt that right made a difference. right but, but beating lebron in his prime i mean i mean with covering so, irving and love i mean it's pretty pretty good yeah this was just a goliath that lebron couldn't even come close to slaying i mean that that's that's the story here right and if you look at LeBron, I mean, he won the two titles with Wade and Bosh. And then last year he won a title that he probably would have won, but for Dr- Draymond's suspension. And you're kind of like, well, you know, he hasn't really slain the giant. He hasn't really taken him down. I mean, last year was the best that he had because it was with Cleveland. It wasn't with the dream team that he put together. But right. even so, like it took kind of a, a ridiculous thing, a suspension to arguably their best player to make it happen course you can't question lebron's greatness it's just i i kind of wanted to see him beat golden state because i wanted him to slay the ultimate goliath and as dre pointed out he had two top 20-ish nba players on his team and i just feel like this is you can't get swept by the, you got you got to show up better maybe golden state's just that good it just they're just too good it, it doesn't it's not in any one person's power to put up a fight against them but i don't know man it's just crazy i, I hear you though you know he was plus plus five or whatever, or plus six. In plus seven, minutes, in, 46 plus seven minutes. In, in, the, in the 46 uh, minutes he played. So maybe he did. Maybe, he did. <laughs> maybe those, those guys he's playing with aren't that good. Yeah. So uh, Jordan will, you know, he went six and oh in the finals. And if LeBron loses, you know, one of these next games, he'll be three and five. Now, is that a detriment or are you just still impressed that he made, you know, eight finals already in his career? But remember, it was like a, it was like a bye to the finals for like four of those years. Right, right. You know, when it wasn't uh, LeBron's Cavs, it was like Jason Kidd Nets getting swept by the Spurs. It was like the Dwight Howard Magic getting (laughs) destroyed in the finals. It didn't really matter which of those crappy teams made it. So beating those teams, I mean, it's still something, right? I mean, if it was like John Wall and he made it to the finals and got swept, you'd be like, wow, he's really taking a huge step up. You know, he led his team to the finals, even in the East. But with LeBron, it's kind of like, well, big deal. All right. Um, all right, well, let's, let's move on. I know, I know we're limited in time. Um, I just wanted to bring up a couple of uh, baseball things to throw your way, actually. Uh, how did your uh, friends and family do uh, with the bat yesterday? Yeah, two for 47. And I tweet that. I saw that. Right, so my, my batting average is like 265-ish as a team. So if you have a 26.5% chance of succeeding and you have 47 tries – the odds of you succeeding between zero and two times on 47 tries at 26.5% is like one in 12,000. Okay, <laughs> 12,000 if I did it right. Like, you, I mean, it is, I mean, obviously it's not really one in 12,000 because maybe one of my guys was facing Kershaw. Maybe one of my guys, although I didn't have any Nats and, and nobody was facing Strasburg. I don't have any Dodgers active. So I didn't have, they weren't even going against those guys, but it does obviously depend on the pitcher and the park and other factors, but still. Oh, you had, you had two guys in Coors Field. Right. I probably had a higher than 265, you know, expected average yesterday. And so to go two for 47 is like one in 12,000. So, you know, and, and my NFBC main team is in 10th place. I've got a lot of overlap. It slipped from first. I'm third in my own league. I'm not really worried about that. I'm just trying to get back to the top. All my bench is on the DL and perhaps one or two of my starters are still in the DL. Alex Wood, we'll see. He makes his start. Ivan Nova left the game with an injury. And those guys are my active guys. All six of my bench are, are on the – all seven of my bench are on the deal. All seven. Literally all seven. And 
you know, it's just it's just one of these things where baseball season in June, you get in like a, a team wide, you know, all your teams kind of collectively slump, especially if you're like me and you have overlap. So it's it's been a, an annoying uh, week or two, I have to say. Yeah, I was going to ask you about, that was my next question, I was going to ask you about your uh, the main event. So it's 10th overall? 10th right now. And look, if you had asked me before the season in, you know, June 8th, would I take 10th? Of course. I'm totally in the running. I'm totally fine. I've got guys coming back from the DL, but it's trending the wrong way. You know, I was in first for a few weeks. Right. Yeah, no, I'm in a $1,500 NFPC uh, primetime league, and, and same as you, literally every single player on my bench is on the DL. I mean, I, I hate to complain about it. What, what are your thoughts on DL slots, actually, in fantasy baseball? Uh, I'm with PNL. I, I like the NFPC way where there just aren't any. I don't mind the Yahoo game where there's two. It's not too bad um, to have a couple stashes. Maybe I think I would go for one, maybe, not two. Um, but I've even been in 12-team leagues where there's unlimited DL, and the waiver wire is picked clean because everyone's right. got six or eight guys on the DL, and so they've already picked up all the available players. And so you get an injury, and you're like, okay, who, who am I going to replace? And there's no one there. And in a 15-team league, it would just be there. It would truly, it would be like an AL only league. What was on the wire, and that that right. actually hurts right. you worse if you have bad luck and get injuries because you just don't have any replacement. So I like, you know, I like the way it works. You have seven slots, the decent sized bench, but you know, I may have to cut Devin Travis. I may have to cut Eduardo Rodriguez in a 15-team league. I have to get players, and it's a tough choice. But teams in my league that have similar problems also have to make that tough choice. So I, I just think it's a better game. When there's more tough decisions, if you um, have an edge, if you're an above average player, you want more decision points over the course of the year because it's like playing poker. If you're playing poker against Phil Ivey, heads up, and you play three hands, you might win. But if you play 3,000 hands, you have a 0% chance to win because there's so many decisions to make and he's going to make better decisions than you will. And over time, it's going to, there's no way you'll win. So I actually like it being a little bit tighter and a little bit harder to, uh, just carry guys on your bench and have some guys on the waiver wire that you can speculate on and pick up. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I, I have the same decision that I drop players like Jameson Tyon or Carlos Rodon. There's the other people on my DL or Ryan Braun and Freddie Freeman. It's right. just like you can't, you can't drop those guys and you, Tomas. And it's, it's been frustrating here. But I, I get that there's a ton more DL spots because of DL placements because of the 10 day. Alex Wood, you mentioned real quickly. I'm pretty sure that when he went on the DL, he had the longest uh, scoreless streak in in baseball. He quietly was awesome this year so far. Yeah, and I actually, so this is the good luck. I've had some bad luck lately, but you know, I had Rich Hill, who hasn't been very good, went on the DL immediately with the blister. But because I wasn't sure whether he'd start and what would happen, I actually kind of overspent on Alex Wood. I spent like 79 on him to just because I had Rich Hill and I wanted to just guarantee that I had the start that week. Uh, and be, so I sort of lucked into Alex Wood, who I had no particular reason to like. You know, I'm sure you know, he's on the Dodgers. He has been decent in the past, but I wasn't like hyping up Alex Wood. So there's been some right. lucky breaks like that, and he was one of them. Yeah, no, he had the funky delivery, and, and way back, you know, I mean, a few years ago when the Braves looked like he was going to be a star, but it's been a while before he's been reliable like this. But uh, yeah, so that's yeah, you say overspent, but in hindsight, that was a, a bargain. Assuming he can come back here, but um. Yeah, any other uh, sports stuff to throw at me before I go over the esoteric stuff? Yeah, a couple things. So uh, this year is so weird. So my friends and family team, I think I'm ahead of you now, and you're going to end up paying me, but I'm last in home runs. I'm like, why am I last in home runs? My team is fine in power. I've got Miguel Cabrera. I've got Chris Davis with a C. 
I've got Carlos Gonzalez. I've got Yasmani Tomas, who's hurt, but he's a power hitter. I've got Will Myers. 14-team league, that's like enough pop. Five legitimate 30 home run guys, right? I mean, that's, that's enough. Um, but I don't have any. I don't have a single one of the Smoke, Judge, Alonzo, Corey Dickerson, Justin Bohr, Logan Morrison, Ryan Zimmerman, any of those guys, Eric Thames. I don't have any of them. And that's why I'm in last in homers. And I was talking to Jeff about this. This year, it's just so random. All the home run leaders, or most of them, are just a bunch of freaking guys that you just, they were on your waiver wire after your draft was over. And it's just, it's, I'm, you know, always a couple people kind of creep up, but not three quarters of the leaderboard. I mean, it is, it is truly insane how many top home run guys were just completely available for free. Yeah, I see you have my guy, Justin Turner, somehow, before going down with an injury, was hitting 379 with one homer over 140 at-bats, which is yeah, bizarre considering he, you know, slugged 500 last year. So, yeah, it's, it's you know, it's always a lather, rinse, repeat, craziest year ever. But it does seem uh, even more abnormal than usual with baseball this season. Yeah, it, it, you know, between the DL and the randoms that are populating the top of the leaderboards, it is just really... A, a strange year and I, you know it's, and it's, this is coming off a season where a year in 2016 where the prohibitive favorite for the presidency lost the, the two teams up three one in the finals both the warriors and the indians both lost they just won down 28 three in the third quarter in the super bowl and then the oscars they actually announced <laughs> the winner of best picture and then changed their mind it was a mistake the odds after they announced that la la land was best picture that Moonlight was actually best picture were like one in a million, one in 10 million, because what are the odds that you would announce it and then it would be a mistake? It just never would happen. So, and they were the huge favorites too, mind you. Right. And they were huge favorites. And, and so, you know, reality seems to be just pulled out from under us. Like it's just, wait, this is true. Wait, that's true. And I, and I feel like everything seems this way. Like everything that you were like sure is true. You're not sure anymore. And I feel like this baseball season is is kind of like that. It's like, well, wait, who's on top of the leaderboard? Who are these guys? Where do they come from? And every player, Whit Merrifield puts on 25 pounds of muscle, starts raking, and you're like, do I have to pick this guy up? I feel like I'm behind on a lot of these pickups. Like, wait, who the hell is this guy? This guy's dealing now. This guy's crushing it. Where did he come from? And I feel like I, I, I don't have any shares. I'm too late to the party here. It's just like there's so many players like that that have emerged. That it's, it's almost hard to keep track of. No, totally agree. You're the guy who gave me a hard time for not doing a better job of pickups in League of Leagues, but it's, it's yeah, I mean, if you're not on it, um, this was the year that you could win your, if there was any year you could win your league just based off the waiver wire so far, the first two months of this season has been it. And the other thing that's interesting is the starting, the top starting pitchers have been excellent, right? You have Kershaw, Scherzer, and Sale are just out of control, but they're, those, if you have one of those three, it is just such a leg up on everybody else in your league. But Bumgarner yeah. and Syndergaard were pitching really well, too. They just got hurt. Bumgarner was a freak accident. Syndergaard was, you know, obviously an arm injury that could have been maybe been prevented if the team wasn't so idiotic. But the top five guys were, have, were great every time they pitched. And then the other right. guys, you know, Kluber has been mediocre and he was hurt. But he came back and he's been dealing. Darvish has been a little disappointing, but, you know, decent. The top seven, it's not like anybody was bad or underperformed. Maybe Verlander is the first one that just kind of sucked for no reason. Right. Yeah. No, I have Verlander in my home league. I mean, he nearly won the Cy Young last year and he's been a huge disappointment for sure. He's still throwing hard too, like 98. Yeah, I would um, buy I was, low. I would still buy low. 
Yeah. All right, shoot, hit me with the other stuff. I got I got a few more things, but go ahead. I'll save some of these for the show. Okay, real quick. Um, I don't know. I don't think you watched this show, but HBO, The Leftovers, just yeah, had I did. a series. I watched it. I watched the. I watched the okay, whole thing. Okay, just had a series finale, not season done, series finale, yeah. um, and uh, gotten a couple debates on Twitter, and I'm just curious everyone's opinion. Um, uh, if Nora Durst was telling the truth, I don't want to spoil it, but I mean, do you think yeah, Nora I read Durst a review. was telling I saw it. I saw it. I read a review in the New York Times, and the reviewer said the first time she watched it, she just took it at face value, like this is what happened. And right. then the second time she watched it, she thought, no, that you know, it's just a, it was a, a lie. It was just part of the whole. It, it was just <laughs> part of the theme of the last show. All the all the sort of half truths and you know what but you know it's kind right. of i don't know man it, that show kind of fits in with the whole theme of the last year because it's you know what is actually true and what is you know what is the story that you're telling yourself i don't know it's just like reality seems a lot more fluid in the last 18 months yeah no i, I think it was obviously left up for interpretation i i personally thought that I, I took it at face value my wife was adamant that she was making it up and the more i read stuff uh it is kind of cool that the ultimate denier uh, might just make that story up to make Kevin Garvey feel better. So I'm kind of leaning toward maybe changing my mind. But I was curious. Why would think. he feel better again? I, I forget. What was the what was the issue? That why would he feel better? Just that there's like hope on the other side. I guess um, I, I don't know. Uh, it again, it's left up for interpretation. But I, I thought it was a it was a really interesting show. And I'm not even like a big sci-fi guy. But I mean, not that it was sci-fi. But um, I thought it's that kind of sci-fi. Kind of sci-fi, right? And uh, the penultimate episode was pretty cool, and he's like the president and all that. And uh, they made a joke about his member. I don't know if you if you knew that was a running joke, but did you did you know that <laughs> what I'm talking about when we had to get in? The presidency, I knew that he needed uh, to use it as ID. That's actually a good uh, that's a good like ID thing because someone could easily see photos of your face on the web and figure out a way to simulate that, right? But <laughs> right. <laughs> unless you've been doing some well, uh, he, adult films like you have. They're not going to know, you know, they're not going to know what the deal is. So if you get ID that way, then it's a uh, fail safe. He, he was jogging in, in shorts or like sweatpants in the first season. And it was a running joke the, about uh, just how it looked. And I think the writers made the point of that, make him uncomfortable about it all. But uh, that was pretty, uh, that was definitely a kind of a hidden joke there. But anyway, you like that show, right? It's recommended. It was pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty good. It wasn't like the greatest show ever, but it was interesting. It made you think about some big questions. Sure. Sure. All right. Well, we only have a couple minutes. Do you want to? Do you want to? What you want to? I just wanted to throw a couple other things at you, but go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Okay. Do you have any thoughts on Bill Maher or Kathy Griffin? Um, you know, I think Kathy Griffin doesn't offend me, man. I think that shit is comedian. I mean, she's making a joke. I, I don't care. I, you know, and it's not because it's Trump. It could be any president. I think that's fair game. I mean, I'm, you know, maybe that's hardcore, but I just whatever. She's a comedian. Yeah, her, her career might be over. I mean, it's... it's I mean, it's, it's just so... It, it ends careers. And then Bill Maher. I don't like Bill Maher. I don't think he's that funny. I don't think he's very smart. I don't think he's like a very insightful commentator. I think he sometimes has a good discussion going and he'll cut it off with something stupid that he says. Um, you know, like, you, it's just it's just a third rail. You can't say that word. Again, personally, for me, I think, you, you know, comedians, everything's fair game. That's just how I feel about comedians. I'm not a black person, so... I may not be the best person to ask whether that should be the case, but for me, I just feel like the comedians are the people who can break the taboos. And once they can't break the taboos, then, you know, we're talking about a society where there's all this pent up stuff that nobody's allowed to say in any context. I don't think that's healthy. 
Yeah, no, that makes total sense. Uh, Comey, I believe, is testifying as we record this, so we can't talk about that. But one last quick thing: uh, what, what, if, what do you? Uh, how bad is this pulling out of the Paris climate deal? I don't know. I, I think it was kind of a half measure, like most of the neoliberal Obama Clinton type initiatives. It was like not really solving the problem, but it was better than nothing. Sort of like Obamacare is better than the new bill. And I don't know if maybe this just shows like how much we don't give a shit. So it'll spur people that are more. You know, it'll motivate people to say, oh, wow, the government's not going to take care of this for us. We need to do something. So it may be a good thing. It's one of those things like where, you know, Trump gets elected and the gun manufacturers, all the sales go down because now they're not worried about guns being taken away from them. And so it's like an unexpected second order effect that, you know, you're like, well, now Trump's going to be elected. All the gun people are going to get more guns. Well, no, it's the opposite. So maybe with this sort of like half measure thwarted, everyone's going to be like, holy shit, the government's not going to fix this for us, which they probably weren't anyway. They were going to sort of mildly half-ass it. And now individuals might be like, we need to do this. And you see some of it happening. I don't know in it net whether that's better or worse. But so I don't know. I don't know what the result will be. But I'm not as like, this is the most important agreement ever. I'm sort of like, it shows he really doesn't give a shit. And a lot of people, you know, that he's hired do not give a shit. And that's troubling. Right, right. All right, man. I know you got a crunch for time. Uh, good stuff, Liz. All right, take it easy, man. I'll talk to you in a bit. All right.